Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In 
resumes. We'll talk about the state of things with the NCAA tournament, where things look going into this weekend here. There are some teams that have not done themselves any favors this week, and there's some teams that have done themselves some favors. Also, I think the number one seed picture is getting a little bit more murkier. Um, you know, you're seeing some teams, you know, not perform very well right now. Auburn, with 32 seconds left, is losing to Texas A&M. And, and that's significant because if they lose that game, obviously you don't look at them as a number one seed, and, and that puts all the pressure on Kentucky. If Kentucky's the only other team, you can imagine, for the SEC, being a number one seed. And that, then the SEC is not going to number one pick. And then it maybe opens the door for somebody out of the Big Ten or for Duke again or something or somebody like that, where maybe we didn't think that that could happen, but maybe now the Ten, because again, if somebody's done a Baylor law, so now Baylor uh, is no longer going to play for a number one seed, in my opinion. So again, you you open that door now because you look at Kansas, you look at Kentucky, Kansas out of the Big 12, Kentucky out of the SEC. Now, now, you look at this and go, all right, but those two teams don't win. We all said SEC champion, Big 12 champion, we'll get a one seed. Assuming it's one of those two teams that wins it. Right? Well, now, we've seen two of those teams lose. So, if Kentucky and Kansas both lose before they get to Sunday, the door for a Purdue. Or maybe a Wisconsin for a Duke. Right? But maybe it opens the door for what if Arizona loses? They almost lost yesterday to Stanford. Maybe that opens the door for somebody. So now that number one pitch, pitch picture is getting a little bit interesting. So we'll see what happens here. That's something to watch for as we head into the weekend. So we'll talk about what things say with college basketball here as we head into this weekend um, before selection Sunday starts with the course on Sunday. Uh, we'll have some announcements to make in regards to that, along with some other things as we go through um, as we go through the show today. Um, also, we'll talk about last night's big win by the Nets over the Beat the Sixers by 29, 129 to 100. James Harden was not existent, 11 points. Terrible performance by him. Another terrible performance for a big game back in the game to all that, what that game means. Um, going forward for both teams. Um, we'll get into some very busy show today. A lot going on. Um, we'll update you on anything important to college basketball around the air. Um, obviously, if anything breaks in baseball, we'll see what happens with the agent frenzy. All glad to have it, and it's all been good stuff. It's all been fun stuff to talk about, and it's great that we can sit here today and talk about things you know that are good and not bad. So, um, at the, on the field stuff, on the court stuff, you know what I mean. So, a lot to get to on this busy Friday. Let's get the ball rolling here. First up, I'm reminding you all how you can interact with the show. Have your voice you can do so by emailing us to sports at gmail.com. Make sure you like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. We're going to start with baseball, like I said. We went live yesterday when the news broke on Facebook, talking about the fact that the deal got done. It was ratified around 7 o'clock Eastern time by, by the owners. 30 to nothing was the vote. Everybody's going, yes. As we talked about, I, I made a mistake on my Facebook Live. I said that when the players voted, um, that there were 12 that voted, that they voted, um, no, that was four. I, I apologize, it was four. It was 26 to four. And the four teams that didn't vote for the deal, were the Astros, the Cardinals, the Yankees, and the Mets. So I guess sit there and say, well, why didn't the 
There's a lot of talk about with the Mets because of what Steve Cohen and the Mets did before the lockout. That they had spent so much money and that whole that new tier of penalties related to the left of the left of balance pack, the left of pack. Where if you go watch the ball was like like two eighty or something like that, and you can you can get packed a higher amount. Um yeah, it's, it's an excessive penalty. There was this feeling the Mets did not like that, that they felt like they were being targeted by that new tier of penalties. And also, as we talked about, on the executive subcommittee for the players' union, out of the eight players on that, on that committee, was it five of them or something? Like Scott Boris, I mean, Scott Boris was fingerprints at all levels. Now we kind of know what was really going on. That Scott Boris was kind of, you know, getting inside some of these players' heads and saying, "Don't take these deals." Or remember, Scott Boris likes to take as much money as possible. That's his thing. Not worried about the money, it's about the best deal, you want the best you know, best thing for you, then you can go get somebody else. Boris has fingerprints all over this thing. He was encouraging the players, particularly the subcommittee, which you know, again, some of his clients are on. Um, so you can't be surprised that the executive subcommittee did not want to say yes to that deal yesterday because they felt they could get more. And like, you know, the, the penalties are going to go well over the cap. Remember, the whole idea behind that fourth tier of penalties, the whole idea was, well, you know, we might get something from somebody that blows past. Was nobody's out. I mean, we've seen the Dodgers go past the Pats, the Yankees, whatever, but eventually they reset. The feeling is, when Steve Cohen is a mess, he's not going to care about blowing past it. He ain't, ain't going to worry about resetting This is a guy that doesn't care how much you pass him. He's going to go play with the money he wants, no matter what. And that's the feeling you got with that concern of a lot of teams, including from even the big market teams. We know it's a good concern of the small market teams, and obviously, like we talked about, you had a little bit of division amongst the owners. Big market, that always makes things more complicated. But here it seemed like there was, you had that usual layer, but you also had the layer of everybody versus the Mets. That's what you had. That's what you had. And it seems like the Mets were targeted like that. You had the Mets kind of going off about that. They didn't want, want to want to go forward with this deal because they felt, they felt like they were being targeted. And then you had, like I said, Scott Ford's clients that didn't like this deal because they want to be able to have teams that go crazy spending money. Max Serger was one of the guys that the Mets went and got before the lockout. And he got the highest average annual value for a player, right? Yeah. It was a three-year contract. And he got there before the lockout. And he was apparently, he was very active to go to the front. People were kind of, I don't want to say annoyed, but he was just like a pitbull for what he is on the mound. So it doesn't make sense. But he was apparently the ringleader behind it. Pushing, 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 pushing. Don't take this deal. Don't take this deal. Don't take this deal. All these talks with the CBT pack. Mr. Harvey. And he was one of those players. And, and, and yesterday, that's all you were hearing was that the Mets were not on board with this. The executive subcommittee was not on board with the players. It didn't matter to them. They decided they were going to play. And what that means is when you heard play, a lot of these players on Twitter, which we've seen over the last couple of weeks, these players are being wanted to play. It's not a fair deal. Basically, what that tells you is the minute they felt like they had gotten a decent amount out of the owners, they were going to play. And that's what they felt like with this deal. It wasn't about all or nothing. Mostly, what it does is it redeems a lot of these players in the fans' eyes because what it shows you is that the players were being realistic and reasonable. They weren't just going to thinking that they would get everything back from the last couple of negotiations that they lost. They were being logical. They were being realistic. They knew they couldn't get it all back. And they got a good amount back. Yeah, they 
know, I, I think what they, a lot of these players showed you is that it really was about being the best Dion's on the planet. They showed you that. But there were others that had more of an agenda, particularly the Scott Boris clients, particularly, you know, and, and, and particularly maybe some, you know, some of the mess, who felt like, hey, we don't want to be part of this, we want to get more out of this. So, since we don't, we don't have a down at all, it doesn't worry about spending money. So, well, yesterday, that was the big focal point. That was kind of what was going up with the mess. There's some opposition from the executive subcommittee. Uh, again, we know what, when we talk about this on the Facebook Live, we know we, we, we explain that we know why the mess we're going to say now. I'm a little surprised by the kernels. They're not really small market. Most of them are the big market to me. They are. They never had problems with money before, but I'm a little surprised by them. I don't understand why they're going to say that. want to see that happen. But that it's not a labor dispute. Right? It's not like what we just went through with baseball. So really they should not have been talking. So as soon as everybody abided by that, I you know I I, I, I guess in the back of my mind I was thinking give them a couple hours after everything gets ratified before something can get done. You know what I mean? Because I don't think it's gonna be immediate. Assuming that you know nobody talked to each other during and, and again if something was immediate, does it necessarily mean that they talked to each other when they weren't supposed to? No. Because remember there were a lot of things that were being talked about before the lockout. There was a couple of weeks there before the lockout where we had free agency trade discussions, what have you. But something could have been picked up by from back then. You know, or could have been almost pretty close or something and just didn't get done in time. So you can always go back to that. So I never expected to be like crazy from the minute on, like you see with the NBA sometimes in that. But I thought it, I thought it was, you know, there was potential for like an hour or so of that here or something. I'm a little weird out by the fact that we're sitting here at 218 on Friday when this deal was done. Well, everything was ratified at 7 o'clock yesterday, and we still don't have a lot going on. What that makes me think is that maybe you know, we didn't have any, really any trades whatsoever happening before the lockout. It was all free agents. A lot of big free agents came off the board. We still have enough left. There's only three of the free agents that we signed. We still have some big names like Correa and Freeman and Kershaw. Guys like that still 
But they don't mind. Because they're great. They're afraid of, of, of the ancient and looking at it and go, all right, this is going to be exciting. Um, but but, but uh, we had a lot of big fish come off the, off the, uh, out of the pond before we even got to the lockout. So we didn't have any trades. And you have to wonder, you know, there's a lot of teams that have to go the trade route to make their, to make, to, to make their move. And they can't. They just don't can't do it on the trade route. Maybe the trade market is holding all this up. You know, like, like think about what everybody was looking at Oakland and Cincinnati as two of the hottest trade markets before the lockout. You know, Cincinnati moved a couple of pitchers, like Sonny Gray or Casey Luis Castillo. The Oakland A's have a lot of talent they want to move, like Matt Olson, Amy Chapman, Salmanaya. There's a couple guys there that could be moved. You wonder if maybe that's holding up the guard. Think about the Oakland A's in particular, Matt Olson. Maybe there's teams going after Matt Olson. Um, I don't know if it's that simple. I, I think the Dodgers are very much in there. Um, I think even the Cubs might be in there. The Cubs are very much in there. Carlos Correa, which is interesting. I wouldn't expect it. But I think there's something we have to throw in here now. This is why a lot of teams waited until they got a new collective bargaining agreement. Because they want to see how much money they might have to work with now because they, they rolled to raise the tax and something that there is more money to work with. They have more money now because the tax got raised, right? And you want to see what the playoff picture, if anything, you look at. Well, now we have expanded playoff that starts this year. Now 12 teams make the postseason, which means for a team, for how many teams that maybe thought, ah, they're going to spend the money this year, I don't think I can make it. Maybe now they will. Well, you look at the cup, maybe the cup's all right. Maybe this year they're completely done here. Maybe not so much now. Maybe now they're willing to go spend the money on Carlos Correa. They turn a lot of salary off the book. Now they can go get Carlos Correa and say, hey, we can build around him for the future. We also have more money to work with because the tax got raised. So maybe that is, it, you know, that could change things. That could change the mindset for several teams. Maybe that thought they were going to be in a rebuilding year, they're going to have to make more trades, and maybe now they don't because they think they have a chance at some playoffs, and maybe now they also have more money to work with. So that's a couple of things to look at here, how that could change things here as we go forward in this period of time. Um, we're going to talk, well, well, let's, you know, before we get into more of the free agent frenzy and all that, let's talk about some of the big things to take away from this deal. Because, you know, we talked about the taxes and we talked about the NASA wrap up. As I said yesterday, the NASA wrap up is essentially cut. We're going to talk about it. It's not going to be a thing for 2023 2024 anyway. They're going to work it out between the players. There's a lot of concern about the Dominican uh, board players about this deal. This thing. Actually, a lot of things dealt with it. And, I, and, and that's really what saved this whole thing. Because remember, that was the big part. But once we got off the air, you were hearing that things really got bad. It was all over the internet and, and so you felt like, oh, here we go again. But I guess late Wednesday, Tony Clark and the players basically. Come 
the owner has said, look, how about this? What if, what if, what if we decide to discuss this and work it out? And if we do this, you know, the, 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 the compensation is gone, whatever. And, you know, and, and what if we decide to do that? If we did that, that was an olive branch. And we basically, you know what? All right. So when they got there, they, they, they worked it out. They said, all right, we agree to that. That took them into Thursday. And once they agreed on that, they said, you know what? We're not that far off when somebody goes, okay, we can get this done. And then all of a sudden, by 2 o'clock, it looked like we were going to get this done. There was very, very little gap there. And then by 3 o'clock, you heard that the players were voting and they were all from our board. Regular season by a week. And here's the thing. The opening day is April 7th. That's not even opening day shipping. Opening day should always be in April. It should never be in March. So you really put it where everybody thought it should go anyway. And you extend the season a little bit. All right, so on. And you got to make up these games. So All right, so on. Not making up a lot of games. Making up a four or five. That's not a big deal. So you prevented a loss of games, which means people would have lost money. Fans would have been upset. You don't lose any games. No players lose any money. Everybody's happy. 
You know, and all players, and all you lost was spring training. A, a week or two of spring training, and a lot of it wasn't even games because the first couple of weeks or two was always just getting in training. Now look, there's gonna be some concerns here. It's gonna be kind of like the COVID season because players are not gonna get the full amount of spring training. They're gonna be abbreviated. They're gonna get a full month, but ideally the players like six weeks. They're gonna kind of work with about two weeks behind. So what does that mean? I think what that means is that they're gonna be two weeks behind the whole season. So I think if you deal with some of these players, you're gonna have to go into the season thinking they're two weeks behind on training. You're gonna take an extra two weeks to build these pitchers up in the season. And I think you're gonna have to take an extra two weeks. You know, you're gonna have to look at these hitters and go, all right, you're thinking about maybe an extra two weeks. Maybe they're rolling the way you normally look. There could be more injuries. That's always gonna be a concern. Um, but if you're careful, maybe it shouldn't be. But you know, we'll see. As it is, everybody's just annoyed with you. Now, they can work on building the game and building momentum from this. And the one thing you don't want, because obviously the players don't understand this, but the players' executive subcommittee, you don't want them guys to be pissed off and make things bad for everybody else and say, we never voted for it. You don't want there to be a divide. And you don't want both sides to be unable to work with each other. You need to be building up a relationship here. Because for before what happened this year, baseball had a way and yeah, the relationship between the players and all those will be contentious because of just the fact that this is the way it's always been in baseball because you don't have a staff or anything. But you want to get support these, these two sides to work with each other to grow the game. Because that's the only way you're going to grow the game is by working with each other. And this game needs to be grown. We're not going to get over young fans. We're not going to make this game any sustainable if we don't work together. If you don't work together, they got to work together. And you hope that they're at a place that, you know, that Tony Clark and, and Rob Manfred said a lot of the right things yesterday. For once, Rob Manfred said a lot of the right things yesterday. You know, we got to work together. You know, we, we, we hate that it got to this point. You know, but sometimes these things have to happen for the good of the game. We didn't miss games, and we're all, we're all happy about that. You know, the players had a chance to have their voices heard. They got a lot of things that they wanted. You know, they didn't get everything. But, you know, both sides really gave a lot, but both sides didn't lose a lot. And I think both sides came away feeling good about this. You know, tanking, I don't know if it was tanking, if it was dealt with enough. The draft lottery that they got in this deal, I think, will help. I don't know if it was dealt with a lot, but it, it'll help. You know, they worked out on the international draft things. You know, they worked out on the taxes. They got bonus pool money. I mean, they're, they're, I mean the, 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 the starting salary got raised for rookies, and there's Here. I mean, it's all honest with 
working out. And my manager mentioned that yesterday. You know, now we got to work together in the actual draft. And the draft line, all these new things that we're talking about doing, you know, now the 45-day rule for, for the week to make changes to the game. Instead of having to wait a whole year, now it's 45 days. Which means they can make, a, they can make adjustments and help the game. They don't have to wait. I've always thought that should be what they have to do. That, that should never have to take that long. If something you can do now to help the game, then do it. And now with their 45-day rule, they can do that. And the players heard about them and they gave it to them. And I think that's going to be good. And now they can work together on that. When they have peers like that, okay, to make changes to the game, they can work together to talk things through. There's going to be a lot of opportunities for the players, the owners, the league to work together. And hopefully that builds and fosters better relationships. Because they need to get, you know, one of the ways to get younger fans interested is to, to, to reach out to them. Market your players. MLB does not market their players. I think I saw it at MLB Network today. Baseball's always resistant to changes, and 
not one of the reasons why it's so dated. And folks thought in the past, you have to be willing to change. And stuff like that is the kind of thing. you got to take some risk and you have to go out there and try. And I think I see them trying. They're doing things to the game to try to change it for the better. And I think these things can help. If they don't help, you can always change it back. Always change it back. Now, one of the other big changes as far as the product goes in the field was also the expanded class that we talked about. They ended up with the 12 team, not the 14, and how that's going to work is the top two division winners get by. The number one two seeds will get by from both leagues, American and National The number three and four seeds will play the five and six seeds, respectively. So, three versus six, four versus five. And both leagues. And the winners, the winners will go on to the first series. The number one seed will play the lowest remaining seed. The number two seed will play the other, the other remaining seed. That's how it will work. Now, the thing is, keep in mind, if you're in that wild card uh, 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 series, okay? Or, you know, you're the number three seed playing the six seed, four seed playing the five seed. If you're in that series, right, number one, two seed, the, the two top division would get by, and we're not playing that wild card series. Let's go right to the division series. If you're in that three game set, that's out of three, right? All the games are played at the highest seed. So you can have the same record as Delta, but because of tiebreakers, Playing all your games on the road. They're comparing to last year. Last year, like, well, I'm going to look at what 2021 was and what would have made it and how that would have worked. So, for instance, the Yankees and Red Sox finished with the same record last year, right? And you're playing the wild card playoff game, right? So, what would have happened in that scenario, okay? You only had an identical record. The Red Sox won the season series. So, the Red Sox would have hosted. All those games in the wild card series. They just have to play all those games in fairly time. So it behooves you to play well. So the whole idea behind this is to expand the playoffs and put emphasis on finishing the best you can to try to win the division and try to get the highest team you can. So you don't just spend September resting players and I don't say taking, but like just taking it easy. You want, you want the end of the regular season to have drama to it. You don't want people just to give up and say, I'm not make the playoffs. Like, right, those are concerns you have. By saying playoffs, it's like some water down people say, ah, I'm going to make it anyway, who cares? No. No. Even though you got more spots to make it, they want you to try to push to try and win it all. That way, they ask about the trade deadline. That way, people are always trying to improve their team. And so, trying. So, by doing this, you put incentive on being a number one and a number two seed because you stay out of that wild card series. And if you don't, like for a certain case, you don't get the one or two seeds, you also want to try to finish as high as you can so you can host the games. That's what the purpose of it is. That's why so you want that motivation. You want that. And, you, and by doing it the way that they're doing it, you're giving it to them. So to me, I think this is good. I like this because it puts, still puts emphasis on the regular season, on making sure you get, get, get to the highest possible seed you can. I like this a lot. The only thing I don't like about this is the caveat of they're getting rid of tiebreaker games. There's going to be no more game 162. And I understand why they're doing that because from a scheduling thing, Whenever you have to play a tiebreaker game, it, it kind of makes things murky, right? You have to play a tiebreaker 
Tiebreaker game. Interesting. I'm curious to see how that's going to work because this is going to be a lot of time 
Um, um, and then opening day, of course, April 7th. And again, the way that I make up these games on the 100th time the games that they canceled, um, the, the second series that was canceled, because you know, technically only official games canceled the first week. The second game they canceled, but then they made a deal the next day, so basically they did that. The second series that was canceled, we added on to the end of the regular season, so we'll go set the season out. The first series that was canceled for every team, we made up at some point throughout the season. Um, when we come back, so we'll talk about the state of things and that kind of starts into the church, the bubble, and then we'll 
into all that. Plus, last night's big NBA game, the Nets and the Sixers. Boy, did that not go the way we all thought it would. Um, we'll talk about the significance of it for the Nets, the Sixers, and James Harden because, boy, that, that, if you want, I mean, wow. Kevin Durant was fantastic. 
crucial again, what being in Philly was a crucial part of what they did. We knew, we knew Philly did not really want to part with him, but they did. He went off yesterday for 24 points, and he didn't see him driving to the basket and making three. Every time he made a big play, he was looking at the Philly bench. He walked through the bench. I mean, he was. I mean, he was saying a statement to the Sixers. And the way that Durant early got fired up, they were the way that they celebrated out after the game. Every time Durant in the press conference afterwards said, "Oh, it wasn't a big game for us." That's yeah, he's just trying to. He's just trying to. You know, he just want to make it look like that's you know, he wasn't any like bulletin board material. You know, it's just being coy. You know what? Clearly, they knew how big of a game that was. And what they did was they played that game with a purpose. Two purposes. Three purposes. One, to show that they are still, even though right now they're in the play, they're still a team that can win, that can get to the East and win the whole thing. When they play right, when they have all their pieces in order. Two. They wanted to. They wanted to stick it to James Harden. And then three, they wanted to make things easier on Ben Simmons because that's what they did yesterday. Because now, with the now, what they did was they made the narrative not about Ben Simmons anymore because that's done. The first time it's gone, and the first time that Ben Simmons came back, the Nets went into Philly and blew them out. So that's a lot easier on Ben Simmons. Sure, he'll get blue, but he'll never get. He'll never get to the point it was yesterday. Now it's okay. Because the fans might think, well, you know, we were booing him. That kind of gave them even more motivation to beat our clock. That's what you did. You gave them more motivation. They're already motivated. They want to prove themselves, and they want to stick it to Harden. But the Ben Simmons stuff motivated them even further. So now the fans are going to say, yeah, sure, they're going to always go after Ben Simmons. But it won't ever be what it was yesterday. And that's really did Ben Simmons a favor, what they did yesterday. They changed, they flipped the narrative, made it all about how bad the Sixers were. From being ready for the moment. And how they're not at the next level as much as they like to think they are. Good for you that you're unbeaten with them being in Harvard. But you played a big game last night. A big game last night. And once again, James Harden was nowhere to be found. And this isn't something that started his whole career, whether he's with the Thunder, with the Rockets, with the Nets. James Harden never shows up. And I know people are going to say, oh, it's a regular season game, da da da. I don't care. If you can't show up in some of these games, I mean, you're always going to have a good game. Here's the thing. Even the best players don't always perform well, they just don't stink. He stinks in big games, he disappears in big games. It's not that he doesn't do anything, it's not that he goes out there and maybe doesn't have the best game. He completely disappeared. He was non existent. That 11 points was nothing last night. Mr. I have to get out of Brooklyn. I have to get out of Houston. Oh, oh I, I, I know. I want to. Oh, I, 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 um, I don't want to be the guy. Well, guess what? You're not the guy in Philly. Go and beat it. So what's the excuse now? You're going to need to do a better situation to perform better. What's the excuse now? Because you didn't perform better last night. I don't care if you did the six games prior to that. You would think you might have sent a message to the team that you so, so, Badly wanted off of. You didn't send no message last night. Except for the fact that you stink. And B was behind, he scored 27.
But you, you are gone. You're not existent. And they sit there and say, oh, I think this was good for him. No, it wasn't, Jane. What you did was you put more pressure on your team and on yourself than you already had. Because now, you're going to go into the playoffs remembering what happened yesterday and going full well. Full well. That if you don't step up and you don't have the series of your life, assuming you play them in the postseason, if the Nets get out of the playoffs, there's a good chance that they will. If you don't play well against them, I'm not going to say you have to beat them because maybe you don't beat them this year. But if you don't play well against them, if you lose a series to the Nets and you basically crap up them, You will be looked at as one of those players, great player, but when it matters most, you're nothing. And that takes away. There is no legacy there. It's not who is talented, but it didn't amount to anything. That is what you're going to be. That is what you're going to be. It ruins his legacy. And for the Sixers and Joel and me, what it does is it makes you, it starts to make you doubt. Are we good enough? Because yeah. I beat the sister. I came out there. I scored 27. And we got, we got destroyed by 29. It starts to make you doubt. That is a rattling performance. Because you were at home and you laid it in. For the team that you made a trade with that was supposed to make you better than them.
Great performance. Great performance. Uh-huh. Great And the South Anakin Now, speaking of pressure, a lot of teams are feeling the pressure right now here. Uh, Extraction Sunday, closing in, Extraction Sunday, this Sunday. Um, a lot of teams in college basketball are feeling it, right? If you're a bubble team that maybe, you know, has lost already, you might, oh, I don't worry about this year, I'm going to get enough. Um, and then, of course, there's teams that want a number one seed and think that's their best chance at a championship. They've already, you know, they've lost. Door for a Big Ten team like Wisconsin or Purdue, or Purdue. Even if Duke runs the table and wins the ACC, if Duke has lost the Syracuse that game without Syracuse high score. So there's no chance, there's no guarantee Duke's going to get to this game either. If the Big Ten champions would be somebody else pretty much not, don't you kind of have to just go back to whatever it is you had before this week? Because everybody else, it's kind of like that Saturday a couple weeks ago, everybody lost and nobody really moved. Because everybody else lost, you're like, well, let's keep everything the same. Maybe that will happen again. That's on the table, too. But the one seed situation has become a lot murkier. Has become a lot murkier because of what's happened this week. 
than they were at Auburn. And you have to watch out for the Pac-12 team. Arizona just lost to Stanford last night. That's less. In my opinion. Because the difference in losing to one of those teams that losing to coming out. Now, if they lost to Stanford last night, I would have taken the one seat away. Well, if they lose to UCLA or UC, but see, I guess you can keep them on one arm if you feel so inclined. Now, tonight they play Colorado. Now, Colorado is one of those teams. Um, that's that, you know, they're a team that is kind of Arizona. It could be a big deal. They played Oregon yesterday. Oregon was a team that, you know, a couple about a week or two ago we were still talking as a bubble team and they lost the car. So they're out of the conversation. It's, it's shocking. Reason Oregon comes up big in the market. But they're out of the conversation after they do it with Oregon. But Colorado could steal a bit. They could. Now a couple other bubble teams that have really hurt their chance with Xavier. They lost to the Butler. So a lot of people stepped Xavier in. But now they're they're one of Well, they're good about them. They're the ones that beat Notre Dame yesterday. And I think it's not enough to 
would check this right now. I'd probably take the Bailey Beckham on week four right now. And I think if you take Notre Dame, you have to take the Bailey Beckham. You beat them. The ball on the bubble, I can't, I, you can't take one off the other. They just beat them at the end. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Not with that stare. Sorry. So I would take the Bailey Beckham in right now. And look, the Bailey Beckham takes care of all this. All this. By being North Carolina. North Carolina is already in, regardless. They don't need to be in there. Well, they want to be in North Carolina, but they didn't have nothing to worry about. I don't think they'd be probably like that. Now, what if North Carolina beat a Virginia team that wasn't on the bubble, but we all looked at as a team kind of like Florida State a couple days ago that could run through this thing and be a bitch here? Virginia just got destroyed. So forget about that. That's one better bitch here out. You know, and Florida State lost early this week. They're a bit uh, a bit scary. Wednesday, we're all fine. Maybe Stafford's doing the box thing again. That Mark Magic is like that. Obviously, we have having Bucky Dayhawk yesterday hurt. It was the right call to suspend him. The right something needs to be done. However, there's something that needs to be done. It should be done in the game, I want to say. I wasn't just criticizing this as much. It should not be done. Nothing should be done retroactively. And I know, I do, I know you had to do it because you had to do something. But that was wrong. That kid had to pay and miss his final game of his college career. And I said, well, he should have punched. No, he should have punched. And he explained it. All right? And one of the things like that bad bad me is, and this happens, not just to a buddy Bayhawk, but this happens to a lot of kids. They make one mistake. One mistake. And all of a sudden, that kid's a thought. He is not. You got to start. You got to be sure to look at the character. Every, these are college athletes. These are young kids. They will make mistakes in the heat of the moment. They will make mistakes. It doesn't mean they're a bad kid. It doesn't mean they're a thug. It doesn't mean they're a dirty player. I'm if you don't like Jim Bayham. There's a lot of reasons not to like Jim Bayham. A lot of reasons. Buddy Bayham and his brother are both really, really good kids. They adapt the big thing in their entire lives. They get, they do all, they, they, they involve themselves a lot in the community. They're good with the fans. They're good with young children. They are amazing young athletes. And yeah, what he did was stupid and it was dirty. Yes, but that does not make you a dirty player. It does not make you a bad person. It was a mistake. He got out of frustration. He learned from it. He'll get better for it. But to sit there and see that social media, oh, dirty player, oh, this guy needs to be suspended, oh, this guy is a something, whatever. No. Stop. Forget about the coach. Forget about the fact that he took a son. Judge the kid. If you're judging the kid on one thing, then you're being an unreasonable person. He does not have a history of this. He's been playing college athletics for over four years. He has never once done anything. Dirty or bad to anybody else. The fact that the player that he had from Florida State, the Florida State had Florida Hamilton both sticking up for a complete bottom. So to have people, to have people turn out to just completely judge a guy's character on one thing, one thing. Garbage. 
Alright folks, sorry about that. We had a little break. Um, uh, we had a little break because um, I was seeing, I don't know, hopefully this is not the case. But, um, um, off. um, which made me think that we had lost internet. Kept going popping in and off, on and off. So what that seemed to indicate what that indicated to me was that maybe it was just, you know, kind of one of those things where your internet's not strong. So I decided to go to a break real quick to just address it and make sure everything was okay. So hopefully we didn't lose you guys or uh, any of you guys or girls out there during the show. You may be able to listen to the whole show. But I decided to go to a break just to be on the safe side. Um, so, yeah. But that's why we had to go. But, so let's get back to what we were saying. So we're adding an extra commercial break just because there's a cut off the segment. Um, so what I was saying was, obviously, I, I'll talk about Syracuse. 
There were another potential picture. We all know what those things are. Definitely a great game. Just wasn't enough. Um, they all stepped up, and I only know if they would have played as well. They played without it. But I mean, well, actually, how fair is this? There's no one out there that they could put in a more natural point guard and move Joe Girard off the ball. But anyway, they played well. Um, Duke survived. But Duke survived. Um, Duke's got to start to worry about this. They are not playing well. After, after everybody started jumping on them and saying, well, now they're the favorite, now they're kind of like going back to where they were during that part of the year where they were struggling a little bit. You know, they're not, they're kind of being, they're up and down. They're not being consistent in terms of their, uh, in terms of their defense. Um, offensively, I think Paul Benchero's been kind of conservative, maybe not as aggressive as he should be. Uh, you know, so, you know, I'm a little, yeah, I'm a little worried about Duke right now. I mean, some of these teams, like Auburn even, Duke, Auburn, Baylor, I mean, you know, they're all teams that we thought were kind of turning the corner, you know, either a favor or turning the corner, and they're struggling a little bit. Now, that doesn't mean you can't turn it on when it gets to the big game tournament next week, but it makes you wonder a little bit, because, you know, some of these other teams that are, you know, on the two line or the three line are pretty good. And if you run into one of them in this tournament, and you're not playing well, you could lose. So, um, Indiana, uh, one of the big bubble games to Indiana, uh, in Illinois, Indiana's on the bubble, they beat Illinois today, 55-63, uh, definitely helps them, I don't know if it gets to, I, I think it probably does get, I mean, I already thought Indiana was in anyway, I think that was firmly cemented, uh, so it's a big bubble game today, but it obviously helps them, so that they help themselves quite a bit today with that. Uh, Rutgers is another They'll play Iowa right now at 21-32 at the half. I think that is a game that Rutgers needs. I think the problem with Rutgers is so much of what they've done, they've done at home. They need some neutral corner road wins here. And I think beating Iowa would be a helpful one for them. Um, so right now, I think Rutgers is in a little trouble. I think they need this game. Um, so it's, a big, it's a big, big, big bubble day uh, right now. And when you see, uh, if you're a bubble team, you see what A&M did. You know, A&M is very much alive. What Oklahoma did, did yesterday to Baylor, now they're alive. It worries you a little bit. Because, you know, you know those are two potential bit stealers. Those are two teams. Colorado, Arizona. Colorado beat Arizona tonight. That's another one. You start to worry a little bit. Start to worry a little bit. You know? Um, I mean, if you're a Wake Forest, you're a Notre Dame, you start to worry a little bit. You know? Worry a little bit. Because these are teams that maybe people didn't expect to be in the field, and all of a sudden now they're surging. They're surging. Um, another game we got going on right now: LSU, Arkansas. Arkansas is winning 17-16. Both those teams are expected to be in, so I'm not I'm worried about that game from a bubble standpoint, just from a school standpoint. Um, games of note later today: um, Creighton and Providence, 6:30 p.m. Michigan State, Wisconsin, 6:30 p.m. TCU, Kansas. Already in the tournament, but Kansas wins that. I uh, lose that game, and obviously the number one seed. The bank gets even more murkier. Miami Duke tonight, seven o'clock p.m. Vanderbilt, Kentucky, eight o'clock p.m. tonight. Colorado, Arizona, nine o'clock p.m. That's a big game for obvious reasons. Like I said, old school biggies. We have to tonight. UConn, Illinois, nine o'clock p.m. tonight. Uh, and you got Penn State, Purdue, Penn State up to. Um, now, Ohio State's in the tournament, but obviously, not that I think Penn State's going to beat Purdue, but I'm going to keep an eye on that because who knows? Um, never know. Sometimes 
great things happen. Oklahoma, Texas Tech. Obviously, there'll be a lot of bubble teams watching that game tonight. Virginia Tech, North Carolina. That's a big game. Virginia Tech, if they win that, they're definitely in. Um, USC, UCLA at 11.30 p.m. Um, that's going to be a great game. Pac-12 semifinal. Then you got San Diego State, Colorado State tonight at 11.59. That's a great game, too. It's a really good, great West Coast game later tonight. Uh, and all those teams are expected to be in the tournament. So those are going to be uh, things this time. But today, about Those are two really, really good games uh, later tonight. So um, that's what's on tap for the rest of today. Uh, like I said, you know, the bubble picture is going to come into Um, but some of these, a lot of teams have helped themselves. A lot of teams have not helped themselves. So, um, we'll see what happens here over the next, the rest of today and into tomorrow. Um, because that will settle a lot of the bubble. You know, because by once you get to Sunday, you only have a few games. Because that's a game window. The bubble teams are more, maybe about just seeding. Because usually what you're left with is the top seed. Um, unless you get a potential bid score into one of those games. Which can happen, and then all of a sudden there's a little bit of a bubble. Um, but we'll see. Um, once you get to tomorrow, you start dropping in games. Today's like the last day of like the, all the, the you know a lot of the games. And this is always a big day for the bubble. So the discussion can kind of shift away from the bubble and more towards number one seeds and seeding once you get to tomorrow. Unless there's a couple bubble teams, you know. Um, Um, so that's, that'll be the only one to, uh, aspect of this where you might be focusing on the bubble. But won't be as big of a discussion as it's been the last day or two. So, we'll see. Um, college basketball though is heating up as we head into the big weekend, selection weekend. Selection Sunday to Sunday. Um, we will obviously talk about what happens on selection Sunday. We will have a college basketball March Madness edition show Tuesday night at 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. Um, so I can blast um, I've thought about it. I've thought about it. I just don't know if we can do it. Um, I just don't know if we can do it. Um, I think there's a possibility. I mean, I, I, yeah, so I, I figure we'll just leave it for Tuesday. Because I kind of like to do that show. Like, maybe we'll do a Facebook Live type thing. We'll do that, maybe. Just a quick kind of reaction thing. Maybe we'll do that. In fact, we probably will do that. Um, but I don't like to do a full... Thanks, show until we have, like, that's why I want to actually sit down on the air and make pictures. Usually we'll do, we'll, do we'll do the whole selection show thing and talk about the brackets and what happened and whatnot. Usually I also make my picks. So I kind of like the idea of waiting until Tuesday on all of it because then we can do it all at once. So, so we, we, you know, like I said, maybe we'll do a Facebook Live on Sunday, guys. But boy, I think it'll be a crazy weekend. Selection Sunday on Sunday, MLB getting on the, you know, heating up. Sports fans, we love it. We love when it's crazy, right? And it's definitely going to be crazy. All right, we're going to take a break. We come back. Your thoughts, questions, reactions, comments on what's going on in the world of sports and the MLB lockout finally being over to the free agent frenzy, to last night's next Sixers game, to what's going on in college basketball, the March Madness craziness that we we're going through here in conference on the table, folks, when we come back, you're listening to the Sports for on this Friday. We'll be right back.
Alright, we're back. Um, Alright, so, a lot going on, obviously, baseball, NBA last night, the Sixers, and the, um, um, yeah, uh, Sunday, two, day, uh, two days away. So a lot going on. There's even other things you can ask about. Even though that's quieted down because of everything that's been going on. Or, hey, it's all on the table. Like I said, sometimes you just can't get to everything. So if there's something else that you want to talk about, bring it to the table. That's what I always say. But let's see what's on your minds. Um, very happy that baseball is back. It's unbelievable how quickly this deal kind of came down. It does make you think that they did make significant progress the last couple of weeks when they had those close calls and getting the deal done. And also quite as contentious and maybe we're more like a normal negotiation. But the problem, problem being they took way too long to negotiate. Do you see us getting having the same thing happen in five years or do you think that maybe this is another one for between both sides they can build off of this and we'll see continued labor peace for an, for the, for a good period of time now in the aftermath. I, I hope so. I hope that this is gonna be like before we had you know after the nineties strike we didn't have any other problems for until now. Look, I think we all knew that this was what was problematic about this was what, you know, the last couple of CBAs, the players got taken, were lost badly, right? They, they negotiated badly, and they got a lot of things that hurt them, right? The, their side of things, right? That was the, 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 the pinnacle of this. But also, I think what didn't help either was how testy things got during the pandemic when they tried to restart the season, or we got to go back to playing, right? The start and obviously the cheating scandal with the Astros and the Red Sox, you know, the sticky stuff, the, the, manip the service time manipulation, manipulating the baseball, all of these things. There's a lot of things that were flying in the face of both sides not being able to trust each other, both sides being even more contentious. They're always going to be contentious. Both sides are always going to be tense with each other because of the nature of the, of, of the relationship. This is not like the NBA. This is not like the NFL. There's, you know, there's no cap. You know, you're, 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 you're always going to have this problem where the players always feel like, you know, they should have more, you know, you always don't open their book. I mean, you're always going to have this, this, this taste here. But can you work with that? Can you work within that? Can you work together? Because the only way that this game is going to be sustainable is if you work together. They, I think both sides, I hope both sides realize they seen it. They talked about it yesterday enough. I hope both sides realize they have to work together to grow this game. This game is not going to grow on its own. The way you've been doing things, I mean, right now, you're, you're like, you're, like, you're, you know, the other sports we've got ejected when you're in a blitz That's what you are. They're all changing, you know, they're making adjustments, they're changing all-star formats, they're doing all these things to get younger fans interested. Meanwhile, baseball is, 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 is so far stuck in the past that they don't, they, they, it's, it's like they're, they're like a wreck in the middle of a, of a tech garden, what they are. They are. They're a retro diner in the middle of a, of a, of a, of a, of a, of a 21st century downtown. They're that house. I don't know if, anybody, if anybody's ever seen this, okay? But I have, like, nearby from where I live, there's a beautiful, um, multi-use area of restaurants, stores, um, doctor's offices. It's, it's, it's like a, it's, it's You know what I mean, okay? And it's all beautiful architecture. It's, it's very contemporary, very modern. 
right in front of it, you have an old dilapidated house where somebody lives. That baseball and everything else is the other sport. That's 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 what baseball is. Every other sport. They have to change that. They have to change that. Who do you expect to be the first big free agent to sign? Do you expect all the big free agents to be off the board by the weekend? I would certainly hope so. I would certainly hope so. Now, I will say this. We know that Correa is a Boris guy, right? So is there a potential that maybe Correa takes longer? Maybe, you know, and they're not so worried about him being late to spring training? I guess so, because Boris gets every seven dollars. But... I would still think you with him. That's by the end of the weekend, you know. Because these guys want to get ready. You know, they want to get to see. I mean, come on. So I would suspect that. Yeah, I think. I think. I don't think every free agent be signed by Monday, but I think that the big ones will be off the board at the very least. I would think that the majority of free agents will be gone by the end of next week. I would hope. I would hope. Although, I mean, again, you know, what are you waiting for? You have to fill roster spots and, and, and complete your team. I mean, as far as the spring training games, that's Friday, so. I think the three guys in there are going to go along, but still. But, but, um, who do I think the next three agents? I think, I think Freddie, I think Freddie Freeman's next. I do think Freddie Freeman's next. I don't think Freddie Freeman's going to go until we have some. Some, uh, clarity on what's going on with Matt Olson. I think once we figure out what Olson's going to move him. That's what defines the Freddie Freeman, because they, they both do seem linked together right now. And then once. I think you'll see Rizzo go, too, after him. I think he made a great point about how yesterday's Nets Sixer game seemed like a unity moment for the Nets. seemed like they came together around that game. Everybody looked on the same page, and that's the best they've looked all season long, in my opinion. Do you think that was a, a turning point moment for the Nets this season? That maybe it can propel that towards getting all the way through the Eastern uh, Eastern playoffs into the into the finals? Yeah, I'm gonna be honest with you. What I saw last night was a very good sign. It wasn't even just a performance; it was the way that the team was interacting with each other. You know, I, I don't. You know, all the way I feel about Kyrie. I, I, what I saw from Kyrie yesterday, and the way he played, and the way you know the team. Uh, really, every single member of that team yesterday. They all got on the same page. They all came together. They just looked, I don't know. It just, to me, that looked like a team on a mission. That looked like a team that just clicked. Now, if they come back this weekend and lay an egg. Now, I know Kyrie's a part-time player and all, so, you know, that, you can't always take everything as it is. But if they come back and, you know, they play terrible the next week or so, it's like, you know, and, 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 and lose games like they were coming into this game, then, all right. But, but if they, you know, if they start, if they win the next couple games, and they and you start to see them streak a little bit. I think we'll look at this and say that was a moment. That was a moment. And this could go a long way towards making Ben Simmons feel good and and, and uh, with this team because it's, it's different because he never felt like the Sixers really had his back. He, he had to feel like at the last second that's had his back. So so yeah. All right, we'll take two more. Um. Disagree with you. I think teams like Bayer and Auburn are still very much alive for a one seed. I just don't see a scenario here where anywhere near a one seed. I don't see a Big Ten or a Big East team being anywhere near one either. 
even if they win their conference tournaments. But the Losing to teams in their conference tournaments should not negate them from a one seed. Well, I do agree right now they wouldn't be a one seed because you have to consider Kansas and Kentucky unless they lose this one. I don't think they should necessarily be disqualified just because they lost in their conference tournament. Um, we have another question here, too. I'll move this reference real quick. This is kind of personal. Look, I didn't say that they were disqualified. I just said right now they're not a one seed. They lost them. They were in the conversation. Now they're not in the conversation. But something has to turn to put them back in the conversation. So if Kansas turns around and loses today or tomorrow, well, I would say this. If Kansas loses in the Big 12 championship game, I, 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 I could see a scenario where if they lose, we keep them more and more what's even there. They were lost in the semifinals. You know, the quarterfinals. You're going to... How do you put Baylor with Kansas? Kansas lost in the championship game, and Baylor lost in the quarterfinals. Couldn't do it. Then with Kentucky, Auburn lost in the semifinal. Kentucky, Kentucky wins second championship game tomorrow, and they lose. And you start talking about getting a one seed to an SEC team. Why wouldn't you get Kentucky over Auburn? Kentucky got fired. You get a Kentucky got fired. So in my in my estimation here. If I in my opinion, if you're a fan, if you're a Baylor or an Auburn fan, you can you can get a one seed. You need Kansas and Kentucky to lose today. I think the committee would, still, would probably still put one of them on the one line before Auburn and Baylor because they got further. You get to the title game, you're going to look at that and go, all right, versus, okay, you lost in the quarterfinals, semifinals, the one line before the semifinals, they got to the championship game. So you would need both the, you, if you're, if you're, hope, hope, putting a hope about Baylor and Auburn, you might hope Kansas Kentucky loses. They're hope. As, I mean, otherwise, they're going to be on the two line. Question here. Do you really expect a lot of trades to go down in, in, in baseball? Considering how close we are to the season, trades often can take time. And right now, a lot of teams don't have time to get a roster together with spring training opening up on Sunday. So, do you really expect there to be a flurry of trades when this take a very long time to negotiate? I don't think there's going to be a lot of trades. There'll be a lot of trades. You know, I don't think there'll be a lot of trades. And here's the thing: the one thing about trades is those teams are the players involved already are on teams. They're already on rosters, so they can report to camp and start training, and you can play spring training games and, you can, and work out a trade, and then they can just go to the next the, the, over to the other camp. Now we don't usually see trades this time of year, but this year. So here's the thing. Yes, trades take a long time. And normally you wouldn't see them here at this time of the year. But trades actually might be more beneficial to some teams because at least you know these players are training and working out and getting ready for the season while you're working out these deals. So maybe you don't mind that they're taking a long time because you know these guys are still training. It's not like a free agent where they haven't signed anybody. They can't go work out with your team or whatever. Work out with a team or whatever right now. They have to work out on their own and everything. So it's a Right, so I mean, again, the only uh, the, the hang the big hang up to it is, is, is you know, you know, like, like look at Brian with Oakland and Matt Olson, right? 
or any of the have to go to, t if, you, if, you, if you're in a trade situation right now, if you're trying to make a trade with somebody, you're going to have to pick up the phone and say, look, you got 24 hours. What, do you, what, what, what are we doing here? Because we have to get a roster together. You can't put your foot around and do the same stuff that you would do in November or, or at the beginning of a trade deadline season in June. You don't do that. You say, right now, look, i got to get a roster together here. This is, this is my offer. What, 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 you know, okay, you don't want that offer fine. What can I do to make this? Is there anything I can do to get this deal done? Oh, this is what we want from you. All right, I can't do that. The price is too high. I'm sorry, I'm moving on. That's what you have to do. That's what you have to do right now. Because you don't have the time to go back and forth for days on end. You just don't. don't. Not if you don't want to look at some of the other options. Your fallback option in the free agent market, your fallback option in the trade market. You can't afford to sit there and keep, you know, after the NBA, that's what happens in the NBA and the NFL. You know, that's why things happen so quick with them. You know, and, and you see, and that's why you don't see as many huge trades with those leagues. Sometimes that's what happens. Not, there's not a lot of time, and, and, and you know, if you spend too much time looking at a trade, a trade market, you miss out on trade opportunities. You know, oh, I, and we saw that. We, we, you know, you see, you see that all the time in the NBA. Like, oh yeah, they're interested in trading for this guy, but in about a week, you hear constant rumors. About a team trying to trade for somebody, but then they give up on it and they go to another option because they're like, look, I'm seeing all my other options dry up. I'm seeing guys get signed, I'm seeing other guys get traded. I'm losing out here. I can't just sit there and wait for you to decide what you're going to do. So, same thing has to go in baseball right now. You don't have time. This is different for baseball teams. You're not, you're not used to dealing with having to do things that quickly. You have to do this quick right now. You do. Not reckless, but you have to have your options on the table here and say, look, this is. I'll take one more. Um, um, during the free agent frenzy. And based on what's based on where things stand now, which conference tournament 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 do you think has the best potential for a bid steal? Okay, I answer the second one first. Um They're on the bubble anyway. Um, the Big Ten will. 
Pac-12 in the Mountain West. Pac-12 in the Mountain West. I mean, the Big 12, you got Oklahoma set up one there. There's one there, but I don't know if they're going to be able to make it through. I just think there's too many teams. So, Pac-12 in the Mountain West. The Arizona-Colorado game tonight worries me if I'm a, if I'm a, if I'm a bubble team. Yeah, if they beat Arizona, they can definitely be a USC or UCLA. So, there might even be some people that think if they beat Arizona, that's enough for them to get in. I don't think that would be, but you might some people. You might see people moving around tomorrow. You might. Um, as far as your question about baseball, what's going to happen? Dodgers Yankees. They were obviously quiet before all this. Um, maybe the Rangers. They've been very active. Lockout. Um, I think they'll look for more. They might even be in a tournament or something. Um, you know, but I think Yankees and Dodgers. Yankees have a lot of spots to fill. They have to be active. Dodgers, you know, I think they're going to look at Freeman. I think they're going to look at trying to get Kershaw back. But yeah, I mean, those teams are usually they're far, they're far more active than they, they, they were before the lockout. Because they weren't active before, I think they'll be very active now. So, I think those Answers and kind of predictable, but that's, that's just the truth. I think those are the two teams. All right, we're going to take another break. When we come back, we wrap things up on this very busy Friday show. Good to have you all aboard. We'll be right back. All right, we're back. Um, all right, so a couple of things here. As I said, maybe this weekend, uh, maybe not, I won't say maybe, but obviously, you know, probably we will. We'll probably do like a Facebook Live game on Sunday. We won't do a full analysis. We won't do like a full show unless there's a need to. I don't expect us to do a full show this weekend. Uh, if we do change our minds, 
to me through Facebook or Twitter. We'll post links, the whole deal. But I wouldn't expect that. We did one yesterday for the MLB lockout ending, and it was effective. Um, we're going to do more of those. I think, I think people like those. They give us, they give us some early thoughts, and then we can go full on into detail when we do our shows. So, you know, everything breaks in baseball over the weekend. Um, big stuff. We'll, we'll do that on Facebook Live. Uh, unless there's a ton of stuff that breaks, and maybe that'll drop us back into our show. We'll have to figure that out. But I guess I don't expect that. And then Selection Sunday, we'll probably just do a Facebook Live type thing. Um, we'll try to do more of those going forward. And then maybe just the YouTube stuff, too. We'll probably do. We might do. Uh, the, the plan for the YouTube stuff, if you ask, well, we're just going to keep doing Facebook Live. I think what we're going to start to do is I think we're going to start to do some YouTube stuff starting next week during the tournament. Uh, maybe on the first day of the tournament, we'll start doing that. Um, I think that's a good, good, good place to start. Um, so we can look forward to that. And I'll let you all know more about that next early next week. Facebook Live is usually pretty short, but YouTube I might do a little bit longer. Um, so you can look forward to stuff like that. People can back up the YouTube stuff, and I think that's going to start off, like I said, probably next week, probably with the, the start of the tournament. Um, um, we will continue our sports for March Madness through March. The last edition of that show. Um, let's see, the way it all comes out, the tournament starts next week. Um, yeah, tournament starts next week, so that means we'll be previewing the final four. So what we're going to probably do, um, we'll have one this coming week, obviously, and we'll have one the week after. Um, well, I don't know if we'll do one the week after that. It might, we might just close out with the week of the Sweet 16, because the final four, I don't know if it's enough to, we did it last year, we just waited to show on it, but... Once you're down to the final four, you can probably do all of it. So I, I'm going to say this. I think that our last uh, sports sprint March Madison will probably be the week after next. Um, but if anything changes, we'll let you know. But I just don't see a reason to do it for a final four. It's a dedicated show for that. But um, as it's April 11th, we'll be the start of that new show. We're going to be doing that late night. Doing. Um, a lot of people have been asking me how this is going to work. Is it just going to be a Monday and Friday vehicle? Is it going to be a Monday, Wednesday, Friday thing? Because we're going to do these sports on Monday, Wednesday, Friday usually. The, 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 the goal is going to be to try to do them five days a week. Um, I don't know if we're going to do them live. Um, I don't know. I want, I want to do them live. But I don't know. I do have kids, and I also want to have a wife too. Okay, so I don't know how we're gonna. I'm still debating how we want to do that yet. All right. Um, so we're working on some things for it right now. Uh, we do know it's gonna start on April 11th. Um, I think right now I'm leaning towards it being probably a half hour. Money, especially since we have a 
along that same time. And we'll probably, I've decided we're going to wait on the Instagram stuff till then, too. We'll launch the Instagram, the app, and we'll reach out all at once. It makes sense for consistency to do it all at once. So April 11th, there'll be a lot of stuff coming at you. Um, that's the plan. Um, I try a lot of people say, well, is there any chance that that could change? I mean, the only thing I can say is there's always the potential that we have to move it back a week because we're just not ready. But we're going to, uh, April 11th is the target date. I don't think we would. Um, but when everything went down, it's cutting towards everything being in place. But we'll see. We'll see. But that's where we stand with all that right now. Um, like I said, we're trying to give you more content, more Facebook Live, the YouTube stuff. We'll start next week. And we'll keep trying to build some things up and do some things. Um, I do think that we'll have some, we're going to be involving more people in our shows. Um, you know, we, we reached out to a lot of people. We did that co host kind of thing over the Trying to reach out to more talent. We have a lot. We have a lot of submissions. Um, and I've talked to some people, I, and I think we're going to be bringing some people aboard throughout this to start this new project up because we need to. So um, I think not next week, but the week after, we'll be ready to name some names and some people. So, uh, so I have to wait for everyone to figure out the scheduling and stuff too. Um, make sure everything can job with it. That's why I said. Schedules and time slots and stuff. Because if I want to get other people involved, I'm gonna have to work around them too. So, so be, be aware of that here as we go forward. But um, but yeah, just look out for that. We have some notes on that coming up pretty soon. So now we're sitting on some of the stuff that we've been working on. We'll keep you up to date as we go along here. Um, again, next week I will let you all know what's gonna happen in the month. I am gonna be going away from March 30th to April 6th. So for that time period. There will be shows a couple of days before that. There will be shows a couple of days after that. I don't know how that's all going to work yet. I will announce that next week. How we're going to do shows and whatnot around that. Okay? So stay tuned for more information on that. Right now, our schedule for next week. Sports Sprint Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 2 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. Sports Sprint March Madness Edition, Tuesday night, 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. Okay? So again, Sports Sprint Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 2 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. Sports Sprint March Madness Edition. First night, major night. So why would we do that? But we will be going up against the NCAA tournament on Tuesday night. We'll be going up against the tournament directly on Friday. But we've done it before. We'll do it again. It'll be fun. But um, but yeah, that's the schedule for next week. With that being said, we are done for today. As always, just because the show is always having to stop interacting and contributing to our show, please have your voice heard. Send us your feedback and Cover more, cover it all. We want to chat with us in general uh, about sports, podcasting, or anything. We want to have more by email, Facebook, and Twitter. You can email us at the so you can interact with us. Keep us going to show it all the time. So, access additional content we produce a post. Just search for the sports friend at Facebook and Twitter. And all that and more. Again, you can keep up with our show. Look back at episodes through our social media. Go to Facebook or Twitter and search for the sports friend when you do that. Um, scroll you will be posted for every live broadcast. They're there for you to access the show live. You can also access past shows with those links. You can access that episode anytime through those links. So, when you miss an episode, that episode. Once you find that link, it'll be labeled, tell you what show that is, which one of our network shows is. Sports, 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 sports,
don't have details about that show, whatever, I'll tell you what it is, you can click on it, it'll take you to the episode you want. You can also look for RamayFullSpin.com, search for the sports script. When you do that, you'll be taken to our show page over there. If you scroll down to the bottom of the page, you will find our episode archive, which features all episodes of all of our episodes. Sports Grid, Sports Grid, Sports Ring, Sports Grid, March Madness, Edition, Entertainment Forum, all that. All that. Okay? All that in order from the most recent date to the oldest. Just scroll through. Whatever, find the episode you want. Click on it. It will come for you. They're all labeled. Whatever show it is. Whatever the date is. It's all labeled there. Plus, anytime we have a live broadcast, there'll be a live link at the top of our show page that answers the live broadcast for that particular show. So, again, whether it's our main host site on Spreaker.com or our sports Facebook Twitter, you have ways to either access the show live or listen to past shows or you missed them or want to check them out again. Keep on mind. Hopefully, in a couple of weeks, we have the app and you can use that. But that would be the primary way to follow that. All right, folks, it's been a great week. It's been a busy, busy week, but we're glad about it. We got baseball back. To me, this has been one of the most fun weeks to cover since I started doing these shows. There's so much going on. The NFL, the basketball, the baseball, it's been, it's been amazing. It's been amazing. And our numbers have been great this week, too, on this show, because there's a lot of stuff going on, so that's always good. Well, it's been great to, to, to go through it all with you, and we got more to come, and that's what's so great about it. So, folks, thank you for joining us this week. I know we were late a couple times and stuff, but... Thank you for sticking with us. Thank you for joining us this week. It's been a pleasure. It's been a joy. We'll be back with you uh, right now. Again, we'll have some Facebook lives probably over the weekend. Anything breaks in baseball, anything breaks in big and college basketball. We'll, we'll do some anything breaks anywhere. We'll do, you know, we'll just do an uh, instant reaction type thing on Facebook or something like that. Um, again, if we decide to add a special show at some point because of everything that's going on, uh, we'll let you know through Facebook and Twitter. So keep an eye out for that. It's okay. Um, but otherwise, other than what I just said, we'll have our next show on Monday, 2 o'clock Eastern Time. So enjoy your weekend. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Have a good one, everyone.
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.